So you have a potential sponsor interested in sponsoring your podcast. What do you do? My name is Kevin Schmidlin. I am your podcast growth coach. And today I'm going to walk you through exactly what to do when a sponsor expresses interest in sponsoring your podcast. Now, have you ever noticed how in romantic comedy movies, they almost never show what happens after the couple gets together? They show how they meet, the ups and the downs of the journey, and then when they finally say, yes, let's be a couple, the movie ends. Sometimes you might wonder, hmm, I wonder how that worked out. This rom-com approach is how a lot of podcast coaches, including myself, I admit, have treated giving advice about sponsorships. And recently, it was pointed out to me that I haven't really talked about what to do after you get sponsorship interest. And so today, I am here to fix that once and for all. Because today, I'm going to walk you through the 15 steps to take after a potential sponsor expresses interest in sponsoring your podcast. And so today, we're not going to talk about how you can go find sponsors or where to look to find those sponsors. That's already been covered in other episodes, and we'll cover it again someday. Today, we're going to talk about what to do after a sponsor expresses interest. And so if you want to know what happily ever after can look like when it comes to you and your podcast sponsors, stick around to this episode of Grow the Show. This episode of Grow the Show is sponsored by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio quality podcasts. More than 70,000 other podcasters use Riverside, including myself, Guy Raz, Gary Vee, Spotify, and even the New York Times. Riverside is not only great because it has unbelievably high recording quality regardless of your or your guest's internet quality, but it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. It's high-tech, but easy to use. Unlike Zoom, you don't have to have anything installed on your computer, and your guests don't either. And did I mention that the audio quality is way better? If you're recording your interviews remotely, get off of Zoom now and hop into Riverside for your next interview. Your listeners will thank you. Head over to Riverside.fm and use code GROW, that's G-R-O-W, to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. The link is in the show notes. What are the 15 steps that you, an independent podcaster, can take to go from having a potential sponsor who has expressed interest to having a happy, long-term, repeat sponsor that ultimately is the reason why you were able to monetize your show so that it can pay for itself and pay you. And just a warning, step 12 is the one that most podcasters skip, and that's the reason why most of them fail, but let's start at the beginning with step one. So you have a podcast sponsor who has expressed interest in your show. What is the first step you should take? It is not figure out your pricing. It is not to put together a rate sheet or pitch deck. It is not to figure out how much to charge. It is simply this. Determine what that sponsor's goals are. Before you even think about what a sponsorship might look like for the sponsor, you first need to have a conversation with a human being that represents the sponsor to determine what that sponsor's goals are with the sponsorship. And honestly, I get this question all the time from clients in the Grow the Show podcast accelerator and folks that are just in the Grow the Show audience. They say, I have a call tomorrow with a potential sponsor. What can I say to make sure that they become a sponsor? And the first thing I say is, 
first of all, you're thinking about that call the wrong way. If you go into that call thinking, how can I get this person to become a sponsor? They're probably not going to do so because you're entering that conversation just thinking about yourself and what you need. If instead you think, what are the goals of this sponsor? How can I help this person? And you actually go to that conversation just gathering information on what they're looking to achieve and thinking, truthfully, how can you as a podcaster with an audience, help them achieve that goal. If you go into that conversation with that frame, number one, that sponsor is going to see and feel that you're there to help them and you're not just trying to get as much money out of them as you possibly can. And number two, it's gonna open your mind to the possibilities of how you can help this person. Sometimes you can't and that's okay. Other times you can help them via a traditional podcast sponsorship, which is great. Steps two through 15 will walk you through how to do that. Other times, the thing that they need is not necessarily a podcast sponsorship, but it's something that you can actually help them with. And that's actually where the most creative collaborations come from, is you coming to that initial conversation thinking, okay, what does this person need? What does this organization need? How can I help them with that thing? And then coming up with a really cool idea to help them out. Even if the answer is not sponsorship, that does not mean that you're not building an incredible relationship, and it doesn't mean that they won't become sponsors in the future. The other thing I wanna do here is make sure that you understand that sponsors are not sponsoring your podcast to support you. They are not sponsoring your podcast to make sure that the show exists. They're worried about whether their business grows or disappears. And so the faster you can get it out of your head that sponsors are paying you to do the show or that sponsors are paying to support the show or even that sponsors are paying for downloads or airtime, the faster you can get that mindset out of your head and replace it with the mindset of sponsors are paying you to achieve a goal that they have, the faster you will be successful as a fully monetized podcaster. When you determine what the sponsor's goals are first, you're able to determine what they are trying to buy from you by sponsoring your podcast. In most cases, they're trying to buy customers. They wanna pay to get more people to buy from their business. Now, that's not all cases. One of my best sponsors from my original podcast called Philly Who was a Philadelphia startup called Crossbeam. And they sponsored my podcast, which was based around the city of Philadelphia, as a recruiting mechanism to get new employees. So they bought a sponsorship saying, hey, we're hiring. So it doesn't always have to be customers, but in the vast, vast majority of cases, your sponsors are going to be a business. That business is paying you so that they can get more customers. And so step one is to determine what the goal of this potential sponsor is. In most case, it's going to be to get more customers, but the number one thing you wanna do is restate to them and confirm with them what the goal is, right? So in every sponsorship discovery conversation, at some point I'll say, got it. So what I'm hearing is you're looking to sponsor the show so that you can get more customers or users or more people to attend your festival or whatever it might be. And they'll be like, exactly. And I'm like, cool. Now I understand what their goal is. I can move on to step two. Step two is to confirm that you can actually help them with that goal. <laughs> so we haven't even gotten into the actual sponsorship mechanism yet, but once you get from that sponsor what their goal is, you reiterate it back to them and they confirm that you've got it right, then you have to say, okay, can I actually help this sponsor do that thing? If you can't, don't try. 
So let's say that you have a podcast that's for coffee lovers and a friend of yours has a business that sells lipstick online. I'm pulling this from out of nowhere. But if your show is about coffee and your friend says, I want to sponsor your podcast so I can get people to buy this lipstick, do you think that the people that are tuning into your coffee podcast are going to trust you as a source for good lipstick? Probably not. So are you, as the host of the coffee podcast, going to get people to buy more lipstick? I doubt it. And so... Even though step one is complete, you talk to a friend who has a lipstick company, you've determined what their goals are, I want people to buy more lipstick. Step two is, can you actually help them with that goal? If the answer is no, you probably shouldn't pitch them on sponsorship. If I'm being honest, the reason I said lipstick is because I actually had this happen with a client in the Grow the Show Accelerator who approached me asking if she should accept a sponsor for makeup on her podcast. Her podcast is for entrepreneurs, online coaches. And so I said, your podcast is an authority on how to grow a coaching business. Does it really make sense? Is there really alignment if your sponsor is makeup? Like, does it make sense? Are people coming to you for makeup advice? No. So odds are, you might get some people who are a good fit in your audience to buy more makeup, but there really isn't that much alignment. So I would actually say no to that sponsorship. And by the way, I've done the same thing for the Grow the Show podcast. I've actually said no to far more sponsors than I've said yes to. At one point, I received a sponsorship proposal from a company that's there to help people find dentists. They offered a decent sponsorship rate, but to me, I have no idea if you, the independent podcaster, need help finding a dentist and I can't really say for sure that I can help that company get more people to find dentists on their platform. So I said no. Now, in this step, you also might think that you can help your sponsor with that goal. But if you're new to sponsorship or you've never really done it before, you might not be so sure. So if you're in a place where you think you can help the sponsor with their goal, but you're not really sure yet, I would just run a free test. I would literally run a couple of test advertisements on my podcast totally for free and not ask for money. And I know what you're saying. If you can do anything, never do it for free. That is total BS. Some of my biggest and most lucrative podcast sponsorship deals came from me offering free advertisement at first to that sponsor, to that business. It can be really effective. It's just like offering a free sample or a free trial. What's the big deal? Worst case, you run the test and you discover you really can't help that sponsor with their goal. Great. You both learned something. You can move on. Best case, you run the test, you discover you can help the sponsor with that goal. They're like, great, this worked. How much? And so that brings us to step three. Determine your starting price. This, above all else, is the biggest question that I get about podcast sponsorship. How much should I charge? Especially for my first sponsorship. Now, there's two things that you can anchor your sponsorship price to. The first thing is the industry standard sponsorship price, meaning how much do other sponsors pay podcasters for sponsorship? So the industry standard is generally $25 per thousand downloads. This is a very oft cited fact, meaning a lot of people in the podcast industry know this. General baseline podcast sponsorship, if you wanna reach a thousand downloads, you pay $25. Now I know what you're thinking. I don't have that many downloads. $25 per 1,000 is not a lot and in no way is enough for me to pay this podcast expenses and pay myself. And to that I say, I know. That's why I don't recommend that most podcasters start with sponsorship as their main monetization mechanism. It requires tremendous volume and generally you have to pay for the podcast to grow to that volume where sponsorship makes sense. Anyway, that is not the subject of this episode. Let's move on.
So the first thing you can anchor to is industry standard. Just because the industry standard is $25 per 1,000 downloads does not mean that you need to charge $25 per 1,000 downloads. In fact, the vast majority of my flat rate sponsorship deals have been for more than $100 per 1,000 downloads. Why is that? Because I've only ever had really specific niche audiences that were highly engaged, and so it was absolutely worth more than four times industry standard to advertise on my podcast because it worked. Also, that $25 per thousand downloads is actually meant for much bigger volume deals, meaning for huge podcasts that have tens, hundreds of thousands of downloads per episode. And that price is generally for huge companies that are buying ads on those podcasts like Nissan or Coca-Cola or something like that. So for niche podcasts, you can actually get away with charging way more because your audience is way more valuable to reach. That is why I tell everyone to niche down. The riches are indeed in the niches. So you're welcome to anchor your pricing to industry standards of $25 CPM. And when I say anchor, I mean, you could just start there with your potential sponsor. Your other option, if you're really savvy, is to anchor to how much money your sponsor will make if they sponsor your podcast. So if your sponsor is something that sells something really expensive, and if one of your listeners buys that thing and that thing costs $5,000, then it's probably worth a little bit more than 25 bucks for that sponsor to sponsor your podcast, right? And so for that reason, when considering how much to charge for your podcast sponsorship, I invite you to ask, how much money will my sponsor make if they sponsor my podcast? And I can hear you now, Kevin, I have no idea. To which I say, exactly, that's a problem. Because here's the thing your potential sponsor is going to be asking themselves that exact question the whole time they are considering sponsoring your podcast. They're going to be asking, how much money am I going to make by sponsoring this podcast? If you don't know the answer of that question as the podcasters, they are definitely not going to come up with an answer in their head that's favorable to you. And so you're going to have to spell it out for them. Hey, if you sponsor this show, here's what you're going to get. AKA, here's what you're going to make. This is what your ROI could be, your return on investment. Now, if you're really, truly just starting out with sponsorship, then my recommendation is to just really pick a number between $50 and $100 per episode and just start there. Don't worry about charging as much as you possibly can right now. It's okay. You don't need to maximize the amount of money that you get for this sponsorship deal. It's much better for you to charge a lower rate that they think is a steal than prove that it is a steal, and then you can charge more down the road. And I know I can hear you, but Kevin, I don't want to leave money at the table, but Kevin, I don't want to undersell myself. I totally hear you, and yes, you absolutely want to charge what you're worth, but the problem is right now, you have no idea what you're worth. <laughs> so first, we need to figure out what you're worth, then we can figure out how much you should charge. And so in this chicken and an egg scenario, start charging low, and you can always build up from there if what you're doing is worth anything. And by the way, my first sponsorship deal that I ever did, I charged literally nothing. All I did was reach out to a sponsor. I said, hey, I'd love to feature your business on the show as my very, very first ad and see how it does. They said, I love the show. That's great. Let's do it. And that's what they did. We did a sponsorship ad that drove listeners to subscribe to that business's newsletter. And I was able to, number one, get practice with sponsorship and practice setting up the systems and tracking everything and keeping the sponsor happy. 
And I also got to see how many people from my list actually signed up for the email list. Since we did that totally free sponsorship deal, I was able to get some data and I found out that my audience was super engaged and a lot of them signed up for the email list. And then at that point, I was armed with the knowledge of what a sponsorship actually is worth. And from that test, I was able to go to a new sponsor and say, hey, look at these numbers that we did. Look what we can do for your business. Here's what I'm charging. And by the way, that rate was more than four times industry standard. It was $100 per thousand downloads. My first ever paid sponsorship deal because I did that free deal first. I'll reiterate this. It is more important for you to get your first sponsorship deal going than for you to maximize the amount of dollars that you make in that first sponsorship deal. Because in that first go round, you're going to get a lot of stuff out of it other than cash. You're going to get practice. You're going to get experience. You're going to get the chance to build out your system. You're going to get feedback on what worked and what didn't work from your sponsor and your listeners. If you do well, you'll get a testimonial from that sponsor that you can show to other potential sponsors and you'll get baseline metrics. You'll get an idea of how well your sponsorships are currently working and that will arm you with the ability to charge more. Okay, so step four, you start with some sort of baseline pricing. You don't have to overthink this and I would implore you, Try not to be too afraid of leaving money on the table. If anything, that fear is going to make you behave in such a way that leaves more long-term money on the table. Forget that now. Let's just get the deal done. Step four is then to propose to that potential sponsor a test run with specific terms and goals. So basically, you come to them and say, great, I understand that here's what your goals are. Here's how I think sponsoring my podcast can help you achieve those goals. And so I propose to you, we do a test run for X amount of time, X amount of dollars, and you'll get X amount of listens from me. You'll also tell them exactly how you'll go about doing the sponsorship. In most cases, it'll be a host read ad. So you'll say, I will, for 60 seconds on my podcast, talk about your product. So for example, you'll say, here's what I propose. Starting this month, I'll do a test sponsorship run on my podcast for four episodes. For all those episodes, I'll do a host read ad where I talk about your product. This test run will be at a discounted rate for $100. You'll get 2,000 downloads because my podcast gets 500 downloads per episode, and you should get 10 new customers from that. From there, they will either accept your proposal or they'll propose different terms, which is fine. Again, at this point, I would prioritize just getting the deal done so that you can get some practice. Number five is then to determine how you will track success. A lot of times your sponsor will have the ability to create a promo code that your listeners will use or to create for you a special link where they can track how many people click on that link and in turn, how many people go from your podcast audience to their website or product. That's almost always the case that they can set that up for you, but you do want to ask them now how we'll go about tracking success. If they don't have that ability, you can set up a bit.ly link, bit.ly, which is a very simple and free and easy to use link tracker. The way that would work is if I were to sponsor Coca-Cola, I would basically say, hit the link in the show notes to try a free case of Coca-Cola. And that link would be a bit.ly link. It would be bit.ly slash blah, 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 which would redirect to the sponsor's website. And what's cool is since it's a link tracking system, I totally for free will be able to log into Bitly and see how many people clicked on that link. And then I can go to that sponsor and say, hey, I sponsored your business for four episodes. You got X amount of clicks as proven by Bitly. There you go. 
Here, you wanna keep things simple, not overcomplicated, especially at the beginning, but you do wanna have some way to be able to track success. Step six is to sign an agreement with conditions. This does not have to be super complicated. It can literally just be a piece of paper that say, I, podcaster, agree to do four host red ads of my podcast for company. And I promise those episodes will get X amount of downloads. The fee will be X amount of dollars. You both sign it. Pretty simple, right? What's more important here is that you have documented agreement with this potential sponsor so that it is clear who will be doing what and who will be paying what. Step seven, this one might be a little controversial, but in my opinion, step seven is collect payment. Why is that controversial? Well, that's because in this industry, the standard payment terms are what's called net 30, which means that the sponsor doesn't have to pay for the sponsorship until 30 days after the sponsorship is done running. That sucks because that means if you have a six month sponsorship deal, that the sponsor doesn't have to pay you anything for seven months. I say F that. So whenever possible, I ask for payment upfront. And so for me, the vast majority of my sponsorship deals, the sponsors pay upfront and I do not run a single ad until the sponsorship is paid many times in full, or at least a deposit is placed. This is not always possible. And particularly for my current podcast, Grow the Show, it's a bit of a different story because the sponsors for my podcast are podcasting companies. And so they are very, very familiar with the fact that industry standard is net 30 payment terms which basically means they're used to not paying for the ads until 30 days after they're done. So a lot of times I'm stuck doing that, but wherever possible, I ask for payment up front in full. If you've never collected payment before for your podcast, honestly, I just recommend PayPal or Venmo. We do not need to make this complicated. You do not need to sign up for Stripe or all these crazy payment processors. Don't worry about looking legit. At this point, the most legit thing you can do is deliver results for your sponsors. They're not gonna care. If you have a fancy proposal or fancy payment system, they send you the money, you send them the customers, everybody's happy. This is also the part where many people ask if you must have an LLC to take podcast sponsorship. I am not a lawyer. This is for entertainment purposes only, and you should consult your own legal team before making any such decisions. But to me, the answer is no. I wouldn't let that slow you down. I know early on it can feel like having an LLC and having all this stuff set up makes you feel super legit. But again, at this point, we're just looking to make this thing work. You can worry about the LLC and all the legal stuff and the structures later. Just get the deal done. Help the sponsor out. Have them pay you. Tax reporting purposes, you can usually do a 1099 here in the U.S., which basically means it's just you as an individual being an independent contractor. So we don't need to make it super, super complicated. If it was me and I had a sponsor interested who wanted to pay and I didn't have an LLC, I would not tell them to wait until I filed an LLC to accept payment and do the deal. I would do the darn thing and worry about the LLC later. But again, I am not a lawyer. That is not legal advice. Once you have collected payment, or if you're subject to net 30 payment terms, you have a signed contract that says they will pay when payment is due, then congratulations, you have a signed sponsorship deal. The job begins now. Step eight is for you to ask them what you want them to say in your host read ad, AKA ask for ad copy. What that basically means is the sponsor is going to write out what they want you to say about their product or service, the language that they want you to use, and they will give that to you. 
Now, you want to get as much of that verbiage from your sponsor as you possibly can. And if I'm being honest, some sponsors are going to give you exact words that they want you to say. Other sponsors are just going to give you bullets and just say, hey, these are the main points that we want you to hit. You go ahead and do it in your own way. I prefer that because I like to say things in my own voice, but just know that some sponsors want it word for word exactly what they said. And so when that's the case, as long as it isn't anything that is untrue or that violates my values, I'll say it the way they want me to say it. But in most cases, what I'll sell to them is it's actually more valuable for me to write the copy because it'll be in my voice and my audience will actually believe what I'm saying because it sounds like I'm the one saying it. But either way, step eight is to get from the sponsor what they want to have said in their ad on your show. Step nine is to record the host read ad. I would absolutely keep it below one minute and send it to the sponsor for approval. This is key. You must avoid recording the host read ad at the last second because what I see a lot of podcasters do is they're like, okay, great. The first ad in this deal is going to be published on October 1st. And then they wait until September 30th to record the ad. This is a huge mistake because many, 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 many times the sponsor is going to ask for revisions. And they are entitled to those revisions. And you've built it into your contract with them that they don't have final say on what you say. They are entitled to those revisions. They have a say in what you say. So what you want to avoid is having the revision process be rushed. And so what I would recommend doing is as soon as you have the signed contract and as soon as you get the copy of what the sponsor wants you to say, I would right away record the ad spot and send it to them for approval. More likely than not, they are going to send you some revisions and ask you to change a couple things. And so you want to have enough time for that to happen thoroughly. And you want to have enough time for you to get a finalized, approved version of the ad. I'll also emphasize here that based on the terms that you decided with that sponsor, you want to keep the ad that you read within the length that you agreed to. So if you sold to that sponsor that you would do a one-minute host-read ad, you absolutely must keep that ad within one minute. A lot of podcasters think that if you go over that minute, you're actually giving the sponsor extra time. And so it can feel like, and I fell into this trap, it can feel like you're giving the sponsor more than what they paid for. That is a great instinct, and you always want to over-deliver on your promises. However, shorter ads are more effective. So as the podcaster, if you sell a one-minute host-read ad to a sponsor, it is your duty to make that ad be one minute or less. If it's longer, it'll be less effective because your listeners will likely tune out. The ad copy will be less good. And so you got to work to keep it within the time frame. It's even more difficult to do if you're doing 30-second ad spots, and it's even hardest when you're doing 15-second ad spots. So just keep that in mind. Keep your ad read within the allotted time. It's harder to do, but those ads will be more effective. And by making the ad shorter and more punchy, that is where you will be over-delivering on your promises, which is good. Once you have recorded the host read ad and you have sent it to your sponsor for approval, the next step is set up the necessary tracking. So if you have to set up your Bitly link, I would set that up now. If your sponsor needs to set up a link on their website or set up a promo code, you want to make sure this happens now. And again, you want to make sure this happens well before the ads go live, well before the ads need to go live. You don't want to be scrambling the day before an ad goes live for the first time to set all this stuff up. 
Once you have the tracking set up, you have yourself a host read ad that has been expressly approved by your sponsor. You are ready to publish the ad. And so that is step 11, publish the ad, put it on your feed and sit back and know that you officially have a sponsor to your podcast. But don't sit back for too long because that is the mistake that I see the most with podcasters. Number 12, a lot of podcasters, including myself back in the day, think that once you publish the ad and you get paid, your job is done. But that is not true. Technically, maybe contractually it is. But here's the thing. If you publish the ad, sit back and just do nothing, then you're probably not going to keep that sponsor around very long. Why is that? Because number 12 is get your listeners to do the thing. Get your listeners to do the thing that your sponsor wants them to do. As a podcaster who is selling sponsorship, you are an influencer. That means that you need to influence your audience to take the action that your sponsor has paid you to get them to take. Now, we're not talking about being manipulative. We don't want you to influence your audience to do anything that isn't in their own best interest. What I'm talking about is influencing your audience to buy the product of the sponsor if they want to, which if you've done your job right, your audience will want to hear about this sponsor and will want whatever deal that sponsor is promising. So step number 12, better put, is take ownership in the results that you promised your sponsor. Have a stake in your sponsor achieving the goal that they set out to achieve when they paid you. If you do that, you're going to be in this business for a very long time because most don't. Step number 13 is actually track the performance of the ads. This is also missed. A lot of podcasters, again, they get their sponsorship, they charge the money, and they sit back thinking their job is done. Not true. That's when the job begins. Influence your audience to do the thing that your sponsor wants them to do and track whether or not they do that thing. Ideally, that is tracked by the tracking mechanism that you set up earlier. Step 14, also oftentimes skipped because many podcasters sit back and think their job is done after step 11. Step number 14 is to actually report back to the sponsor what the results were, whether they were good or bad. This one's tough because if they're bad, you still got to report back, which doesn't feel good, but you must do it. The worst thing you can do is ghost. And so 30 days after the ad run is complete, you want to reach out to your sponsor and let them know how the ad did. Now, this does not mean that you should not have any contact with the sponsor before that time. Ideally, you should, and you should stay in touch and, you know, and see how things are going. But 30 days after the ad run completes, you want to send a formal report on the performance of that ad campaign. Why 30 days? Because you want to allow that last episode in the ad campaign 30 days for it to work. And so number one, you want to report back to your sponsor. How many downloads total did the episodes get? How many impressions were made? In plain English, how many times was their ad heard by your listeners? Ideally, it'll be more than what you promised. If it's something that you're tracking on your end, how many clicks, how many conversions, how many promo code usages were made? Most of the time, though, that thing is tracked by your sponsor, so you'll need to get that report from them. Sometimes it's hard to get that from them, but you need it. And so the last step, step 15 in going from an interested potential sponsor to a happy long-term sponsor is ask them to do it again. If the sponsorship was successful and the campaign was actually able to bring your sponsor's results, they will want to do it again. If this was a free trial, this is where you are totally justified in asking for some serious money. 
If it was paid and it was at a discount, you can ask for a raise, so you can raise the price. But I'll just say a lot of times I like to reward my early sponsors who took a risk on me and took the time to try out this thing by keeping the price the same and just locking them into a longer term deal. So I usually don't raise the price on those sponsors until maybe after a long period of time has passed. At that point, they totally understand and they're happy to pay more. But generally, if I get a sponsor in at a low price, they buy in, we deliver results. Many times I will ask them to renew at the same price and I will raise my prices by just raising the price for new sponsors. Again, you don't have to do this. This is just the way that I do things. And there are exceptions to that rule. Like if someone's been sponsoring you for 10 years and you know inflation is crazy, you can totally raise the price. But that's generally how I do things. Now, this is the part where you'll find out if the sponsor is happy with what they did. Did they get results? Are they glad they gave you money? If they weren't, it's not the end of the world. I would do everything in my power to make them happy and get them results, but sometimes you don't, and that's okay. You still wanna try your absolute 100% hardest to make that happen, but if your first sponsor or even your first few sponsors aren't satisfied, it's not the end of the world. You just need to improve. Usually they just don't renew. They just don't pay you again, which sucks. That doesn't feel good, but you can move on improve your sponsorship product, right? Improve what you do, and then try again with another sponsor. And so there you have it, 15 steps to take when you have a potential sponsor to take them from a interested potential sponsor to a long-term happy repeat sponsor. Now I know this is a lot and I'm sure you have a bajillion questions. So if that is the case, definitely ask them in the Grow the Show Facebook group it is totally free. We would love to have you and we would love to answer any questions that you have as you build out your sponsorships. And of course, if you're interested in working together and accelerating your podcast, definitely apply to my Grow the Show Podcast Accelerator, an intensive program that is designed to supercharge your podcast's growth and monetization. But if you don't, totally fine. I'm happy that you're here and I hope to continue to serve you for free here via Grow the Show. We'll see you in the next one.